night gathers, and now my rewatch begins. Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grand X Media. I am Ross Bolin, here at the brand new home of Grand X Media in Austin, Texas, with Barrett Dudley. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to call it, what do you think we should call this place? It, it was previously a paint factory, so I was thinking about calling it the paint can. The paint can? Don't you think we need like a cool, like a something cool to refer? You know they call like the like a stadium. Sometimes they have cool names. If yeah, they're, if they're cool stadiums. Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? No. Mm-mm. Okay. More references. I did. I did. More, um, God. I mean, if I were you, I would. I would. I wouldn't even be listening to this podcast for Game of Thrones anymore. I would, it just would be to hear various references. That yeah, you don't even have to watch. Make. You don't even have to know what Game of Thrones is yeah. to enjoy this. It's true. We got Tommy Boy jokes going. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at us. But yeah, we're in our new office. We're not settled into a new podcast studio yet. It's still being built as we speak, but uh, we're making it work. We're in the conference room. We're psyched about the whole situation. No longer at the pool house. No longer at the ad ad sales guy's house. <laughs> we got a home. So here we are. This is the Night's Rewatch. We're doing a podcast for every episode of Game of Thrones, starting with season one, episode one, leading up to the final season of our favorite show, so we can all be as prepared as possible Take the black and join us. Recruit your family, friends, aunts, uncles, co-workers, neighbors. Our hotline number is 866-43-CLAMS. You can call it questions, takes, theories. And as promised, we are doing a hotline call-centric episode tomorrow, Tuesday, March 27th. So prepare for that. I mean, you got like... If you get your calls in before midnight tonight, I can promise you I will listen to them before the... Uh, before the episode, but I'm going to tell you right now, the competition is stiff, so you better bring your A game, because we've got a backlog of about 350 phone calls uh, that'll all be competing to make the podcast tomorrow, so keep that in mind. I thought you were going to say a 1,000. I thought we might have a 1,000 phone calls. It, I just guessed a number, Barry. Okay, okay. I mean, it could be... Did you just say 355, though? Something like that. Well, that's a pretty... That's, that's like a very precise guess. Okay, the actual number is 558. Wow. Wow. So that's how many hotline calls you're competing with. I was just trying to give people some hope. Okay, okay. You know? Let's get into this episode. Season 3, Episode 8, titled Second Sons, written by Benioff and Weiss, and directed by our girl, Michelle McLaren. We kicked this one off on the road with Arya and the Hound. Because as we know, she was... Scooped up by the Hound when she was uh, fleeing the Brotherhood Without Banners in in last ep- in the last week's episode. Uh, so she wakes up in this one, grabs a giant rock, and for the first time sneaks over to contemplate killing a sleeping Hound. I feel like this happens repeatedly. Does it not? I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to wait and see. I'm well, just glad that we got this buddy cop movie off the ground. Yeah, we got it going. They're just a regular Starsky and Hutch, you know it, what I mean? It's a slow start, yeah. this episode, mm-hmm. but the potential is there. Oh, yeah. You can see it. Uh, yeah. The Hound, without even opening an eye, says, kill me and you're free, but if I live, I'll break both your hands. Go on. Hit me. Hit me hard. He's going to give her one chance. Yeah, yeah. One shot. 
But if she blows it, which she would, he'd break both of her <laughs> hands, which sounds... That'd be problematic. Yeah. You uh-huh. need at least one hand. The mob do- doesn't even do that. They break your legs. They leave your hands alone. Right. You know? I mean, like, if you cheat in a casino and you get caught by Robert De Niro, he'll hammer one of your hands. But That's only true. one of your That's hands. That's true. You keep the other one. Right, right. See? Pop culture. just It's flowing. <laughs> it's flowing. Uh, the Hound tells Arya about how he saved Sansa when she was about to be raped in uh, Flea Bottom. And explains to her, she's trying. He's trying to hammer it home with Arya. Like, look, if you were alone out here, someone worse than me could find you. Like, yeah. I'm not that bad of a guy. Yeah, he's also like, yo, I'm. Um, this is like his turn. But he's Pretty just spelling much. it out. He's like, hey, I'm actually a good guy. Yeah, surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's me, the Hound. I've just got evil swag, but really, I'm a good dude. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we figure out Arya's trying to, you know figure out where the hound is taking her. And she asks if this river thing to their side is uh, Blackwater. And he's like, what are you, an idiot? That's the Red Fork. I'm taking you to the twins because your mother and brother will be there and they'll pay me for you. So once again, it's just people trying to score money by taking other people places. Doesn't even know the Red Fork when she sees it. What an idiot. What a fool. (laughs) We bounce over from there to Yunkai, which is currently my favorite place to be on the show. Uh, with Danny Jorah and, and Barristan are, are watching the second sons gallop around while Jorah explains who they are. They're a company led by a bravosi named Miro, a.k.a. the Titans Bastard, badass nickname. And uh, there are roughly 2,000 guys in this company. So we're learning a little bit about the second sons. Danny arranges a meeting with these guys, with the captains of the second sons, which are made up of Miro of Bravos. Prindal Nagazin, he's the not white guy. Yeah, yeah, who doesn't really look like all that good of a fighter. And he's kind of just like, out of the three, the least involved. He's just kind of like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm just here to collect my paycheck. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, uh, we meet the great Dario Naharis. OG Dario. Old Dario. Original Dario was so badass. Oh, man. Like, dude, I, I like... You know, I know that the ladies out there, a lot of them like new Dario because he's just like classic, you he's, know. He's boring, rugged, hunk. handsome, you but know? Yeah, but this Dario, man, he's just, this guy's sexy. He looks like one of the guys, you know how when you're in the grocery store, and this, I don't know if this is really a thing anymore, but it used to be. When you're in the grocery store and there's just a big ass uh, bookshelf with a ton of those romance novels on it, he mm. looks like one of the hunks that would be painted on the front of the, ro- or drawn on the front of the romance novel. Like holding a chick who's like shirts half ripped Sure, off. sure, yeah, yeah, maybe so. He's just got porno face, is what it is. <laughs> he looks like a creepy porn star. I think he's just kind of exotic looking. You think he has creepy porn star face, and now I'm not going to be able to get that out of my, out of my head. I, you'd see that dude in a porn, for sure. Maybe so. In 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 like an earlier 2000s porn, not so much anymore. No, but they used to have dudes like that that just look like yeah, you know. Well, that's, I mean, that's because there's only like four male porn stars now, and they just rotate between the four of them. That's true. It's a little <laughs> weird, actually. Those guys have really got it made. Uh, but yeah, no, original Dario, he just has like so much more, I've already used the word swag in this episode, so this is kind of sad that I'm doubling up, but he has so much more swag than the new Dario that replaces him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just a way more interesting character. Yes. Yeah. Very dynamic you're, you're just like, what's this guy's deal? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. want to know what, what's going on in his head. He's got this yeah. look on his face all the time like, oh, I'm outsmarting all you motherfuckers. Right, 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 right. Uh, the leader of this group of the Second Sons, Miro, turns out this dude's a real perv. 
Hmm. He uh, he shows up to this meeting with Danny. He tries to smell Masande's private parts at one point. A lot of Me Too moments going on uh, in, yeah. this, in, in this uh, exchange here. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, you know, I did a, little, did a little internet research, and if you trace the steps back closely, it all comes back. The whole ass-eating thing, ass-eating season. Started here. It started right here, ladies and gentlemen. Season three, episode eight. This was like four years ago. Way before it was cool to eat ass. Right. And Mero is, you know, talking about talking about it. This guy. Talking about the deed itself, right? Uh, you know? He's kind of like the Virgil Abloh of ass eating. That, right. He right. just really changed the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he keeps making sex jokes. He talks about a prostitute that looked just like Danny who licked his ass, as Barrett <laughs> referenced. At one point, he says, show me your cunt. I want to see if it's worth fighting for, which is just inappropriate and yeah. rude. You not, just met not this what woman. you're supposed to say. No. That's no way to talk to a lady. Uh-uh. Uh, he slaps Masande's ass on the way out. Just I mean, a real trash human here. He, he spurs Danny to say, listen, when it comes to the battle, please kill that guy first. Yeah. Please kill the scumbag <laughs> who sexually assaulted the entire camp on yeah. his way in. Yeah. We head over to Dragonstone where Melisandre is returning with her prize, Gendry. She rolls back into the same little shore that we saw her leave from. Uh, she, she rolls in and finds Stannis standing in his strategy room alone, staring at that table, which it seems like he spends 98% of his waking time doing at this point. Mm-hmm. Everything has failed. The Blackwater didn't work. He didn't take King's Landing. He lost a ton of his troops. His best friend's locked in a dungeon downstairs. So now he just stands in this room and stares at this table, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. honestly, this table we're sitting at right now is about the same length. If we could just get like a map on it, Micah might be able to arrange it. I don't know. Uh, this is supposed to be the conference room for regular meetings, so that might be weird to people mm-hmm, doing business mm-hmm. in here. That's true. But it'd be tight for us. It would be super tight. And a lot of people, I mean, everybody watches Game of Thrones except yeah. for Will DeFreeze. So, uh, right. you know, that'd be tight. Every- people would come in here and be like, oh, this is so badass. Give DeFreeze a chance. He's, he's working his way through Breaking Bad right now. Maybe one day he'll come over yeah. and get some of this Game of Thrones action. That was a terrible move, though, going Breaking Bad over Game of Thrones. Yes, it was. It was not the move I would have suggested, <laughs> although I do love Breaking Bad. That's just... We got one season left of Game of Thrones. Yeah, he could have yeah. caught up in could've, the meantime. Yeah, exactly. Idiot. Everybody knows that about him. Just mm-hmm. a stupid guy. <laughs> Stannis grabs Gendry by the chin and analyzes him. He says, half Robert, half Lowborn. Like he's his own little personal... Yeah, does he twenty three and me or some do shit? Do we think that he just like like he he can just see that is lowborn? Yes, like he can tell. Like, all right, I got a, I got half Baratheon in here. Uh-huh. The other half of you uh-huh. is just a peasant. <laughs> I don't know why that's <laughs> important right. to yeah. note, but yeah, I guess he's just confirming. Um, you know, Stannis is in the Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman. No shit. Yeah, he's in that movie. Who does he play? What does he play? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Oldman <laughs> plays Churchill, right? Yeah. Huh. Stan, I think St- the Stannis is one of his like right hand dudes. That's one of that's on my list to watch. I heard it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Gary Oldman guy. Oh yeah, as an actor. Yes. I don't know him as a human. What he does on his spare time or in his personal life, I'm not interested in. As quick, an actor, quick he's segue. Did you watch Barry? Not yet. I heard it's fantastic. Okay, it's really good. All right, I'm glad yeah. we brought this up. Somebody, <laughs> somebody that I follow on Twitter, uh, said that it's the best thing, the best new premiere on HBO in years and years and years. Really? Which is high praise and hype. Okay. Considering that, yeah. that Westworld started last year or two years ago. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very excited to watch Barry. The previews looked hysterical and awesome. Yeah. 
So I'm all in on this. I mean, I liked the first episode and it was definitely like the first episode ended and I was like, man, I really wish that they had like released the first three so I could keep watching. Yeah. So I, that's a good thing. I will say making that judgment on it being the best new show in that, years and years pretty, after one episode is a, tough. It's a little hasty. Yes. So let's hold off on that. But yes, anyway, good things they, so far. They there's like there's a scene where in an acting class where one guy is doing the Gary Oldman part from True Romance. Oh, no way. Which is like one of the most incredible things you'll ever see because you look at Gary Oldman and you see like, you know, commissioner, the com- commissioner from dark Knight, Right. And in true romance, he's just playing like this gangster ass drug dealer. And it's awesome. Pretty much the opposite. Yeah. Of the character he plays <laughs> in the dark Knight. Yeah. So Davos is still down in the dungeons. He's locked up and he's spending his time down there trying to learn how to read because uh, what's her name? Stannis' yeah. daughter mm-hmm. has inspired him to, to try to learn how to read. It's yes. important to be able to read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's reading about the Targaryens and their dragons. Shireen. Shireen is her name, yes. Dragons. Because, of course, uh, all, most of the books in the Seven Kingdoms <laughs> are about yeah, the Targaryens I, I never and thought dragons. about that, but you, that's, that's totally true. Every book that anybody ever has is basically about Targaryens and their dragons. He makes some good progress yes. here. He 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 gets he gets a few sentences down pat and it's mm-hmm, like he's mm-hmm. like proud of himself and shit and then Stannis comes to visit him and it's just the weirdest visit of all time. Uh, he yep. tells him about it. He's sorry about his son. Finally, the conversation is it's Stannisy. He's the mm. guy's weird mm. and I mean not knowing what we know now, which is that the actor who plays Stannis knew almost nothing about the plot of the show and was told little to nothing about what the scenes were supposed to mean. He's complained about this since that he was given like nothing because <laughs> they didn't want they didn't want to ruin things and have spoilers out there. So Stannis was pretty much going in dry, which kind of explains a little bit about the method he takes with his character. It's like he doesn't really know why he's so pissed off all the time. Okay. But he's just pissed off all the time. Huh. But the conversation between him and Davos and one that precedes that conversation between Melisandre and uh, Stannis leads us to believe that Melisandre is going to sacrifice Gendry mm-hmm. because he has king's blood in his veins for, and it's going to serve some purpose for sure. Stannis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Stannis says to Davos, I never asked for this, no more than I asked to be king. We do not choose our destiny, but we must do our duty. No. The, he's just... Watching him operate under the assumption that that he has to do these things because it's his destiny, because Melisandre has led him to believe that. Yeah, it's a real crock of shit. Knowing that they're both dead wrong <laughs> is is sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sad. Yeah, uh, it's harder to watch on the rewatch yeah. because he's just such being d- badly misled. Yes. Now you can tell here right away because I I mean like. You know, I, pu- I put it in my notes. As soon as he gets down there and starts talking, I was like, oh, he's here because he wants Davos to be like, no, yo, slow yeah. the roll. And then Davos says exactly that. He so, calls him out on it, yeah. completely calls him out on it. Uh, yeah, Stannis says, what's what's one bastard boy against a kingdom? And it's almost, he's like begging Davos, yes, like, please yeah. talk me out of this right. shit. Exa- I'm yeah. so sick of doing yeah. things that I don't agree with. Uh, he says he's come to free Davos as long as he swears to never raise a hand to Lady Melisandre again. And Davos is like, done. Get me the fuck out of here, please. Mm-hmm. But then, yes, as you said, he's like, you only came down here because you need me to counsel you before you murder this innocent kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Stannis talks about, he's trying to convince Davos still of the legitimacy of Melisandre. He, and of their god. Yeah, their, he says, yeah. I, he, I saw a vision in the flames, a great battle in the snow. Mm-hmm. He says, I saw it, 
and you saw whatever she gave birth to. I never believed it, but when you see the truth, when it's right there in front of you, as real as these iron bars, how can you deny her God is real? And uh, we don't even see an answer from Davos there to that, because I think the argument would be, well, it doesn't make her God real just because she can do, like, black magic. Mm -hmm. But you can see kind of how Stannis is being deceived here, led to believe all these things are, are legit. Yep. Back over in Yunkai, the second sons, those three captains we discussed earlier, they all meet to decide what to do about their current situation. They're paid currently to fight by the Yunkish for Yunkai, right? They're sellswords. They have taken the gold. But Danny wants to convert them to her side. Uh, Dario gives us a great line. The gods gave men two gifts to entertain ourselves before we die. The thrill of fucking a woman who wants to be fucked and the thrill of killing a man who wants to kill you. Just many of the wonderful moments from him in this episode. The non-white guy, Prindal Nagazin, points out that they, they never say his name, so yeah. I have to pronounce yeah. it on my own, <laughs> which sucks. Like, I wish somebody would give me that. But he points out that they cannot beat 8,000 Unsullied in the field. And Miro says they don't have to. They only have to kill Danny. So one of them is going to sneak into her camp and assassinate her, and they're going to use three coins to determine which of them it's going to be. A coin from Marine, a coin from Volantis, and a coin from Bravos. And as Miro says, the Bravosi does the deed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what happens there. Dario ends up with the coin from Bravos, and he yes, says, yes. Valar Morgulis. Very, very attractive um, sex worker here. That prostitute is very pretty. Yes. She's a very pretty prostitute. <laughs> as uh, That's a line from In Bruges, which also features Peter <laughs> Dinklage. Who's the guy who says it to him? Uh, is it the old British dude? Nah, he's Colin Farrell? True to Colin Farrell, yeah. yes. He says, well, you picked up a very pretty prostitute. Or it's the older <laughs> British guy. I can't remember, but one of them says it. That's Brendan Gleeson. Man, we're just crushing it. Speaking of which, manoutfitters.com. Go to it right now. Check it out. You've heard us talk about it. We pick out the best brands, get the best products from those brands, put them in one place, right on Man Outfitters at manoutfitters.com. And as an Oysters, Clams, and Cockles listener, you can invoke Sumai when you check out by putting the code Sumai, S-U-M-A-I, in and getting 15% off your entire order of over $150. So you got to spend $150, which isn't shit. It's like you can get one or two things and cover that. Put in Sumai. 15% 15% off your whole order with free shipping. On manoutfitters.com, we've got new spring 2018 arrivals from Vineyard Vines, Rowdy Gentlemen, Howler Brothers, Ruka. we got Schwood sunglasses, which Barrett is all about, as he said before. Cat and Swim Trunks, Patagonia, Travis Matthew. we got two new brands, Fayette Chill and Pesca Muerta for the deadheads out there. Yeah, here's what you do. You, okay, go download the Man Outfitters app for your phone. Search, search for it in iTunes, Man Outfitters. Because I know I know that you're out there and what you're saying to yourself pretty much every day is, I need more stuff to look at on my phone. Yeah, we all do. There are moments in the day where I'm not just glued to my phone and I don't like that. I want to be glued to my phone 24-7. Right, I don't want to look at the yeah, other exactly. folks. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to interact with anybody. You need the Man Outfitters app. You get on there and then right on the home page, right on the home, there's a new arrivals banner at the top and you just click that or you go to the new tab. So it's very easy to get to all the new stuff. And the new stuff is what you want. That's the hot shit. That's the hottest shit, yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, I get it. Like, February and, and most of March, it's a tough time to buy stuff. Yeah. It's transitional weather. You're already stocked up on your winter's gear at that point. 
It's like not quite warm. The weather's still kind of crappy. But we're getting there. But we're getting there. And you can see it. You can see it just about to burst through. And so close I can taste it. Yes, it's going to make you want to shop. But the thing is, stuff does sell out on manoutfitters.com. The, the, the Fayette Show hat that I wanted, already gone. So I, I just saw new Caton swim getting photographed lat, at the end of last week. In so our I, office? Yes, so I know it's about to go up. And I've been checking the Man Outfitters app every day to see when it goes up. Get the Man Outfitters app. Look at the new stuff. Cop yourself something tight. Speaking of that, considering spring and summer being on the way, here's one guarantee I will make. You can find yourself, between the brands that we offer, between Vineyard, Vines, uh, Rowdy Gentleman, Catton, between we got new Burmese on here, you can stock up on all of the swim trunks you will need for this summer in one fucking spot mm-hmm. by going to manoutfitters.com. Use the code SUMAI at checkout. Get 15% off all those swim trunks and be ready for summer. Be ready for pool season. Get it. Jumping over to King's Landing, Tyrion visits Sansa in her chambers, and uh, guess what? Shocker, again, Shay is there to make things as awkward as possible. Tyrion needs a moment alone with her, so he has Pat Podrick escort Lady Stark's handmaiden. He's just continuing to blow it here. <laughs> he calls her, quote, Lady, es- es- he says, escort Lady Stark's handmaiden. So he's not even calling her Shay or pretending to know her name. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've met each other ten times publicly at this point, so... It just think the vibe between them is is so bad, um, and what we find out here is that it is actually their wedding day, mm-hmm. and Tyrion's intention this visit is to try to make Sansa feel as safe and comfortable with the situation as possible, but that is a very tall task. No pun intended. He just can't. They're really having a shotgun wedding here too. They're right. like, you know, the Lannisters have have, have put this plot into motion. Neither of them has a choice. They're ready to make it happen. Neither of them has a choice. This is happening fast. Uh, yeah. Neither one of them really wants it, but no. it is what it is. They got to get it done. They don't want. They want to make sure that it happens. So it's it's happening. He does give Sansa this. He says, "I promise you one thing, my lady. I won't ever hurt you." Which so at least she's got that going for her, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, over in, uh, again in King's Landing, Marjorie. We get this scene where she's trying to buddy up with Cersei at the Sept pre-wedding. They're like preparing for the wedding. And she says, we're going to be sisters soon. We should be friends. And Cersei does not like that. No. She responds by telling Marjorie all about the song, The Reigns of Castamere, and the story of House Reign of Castamere, which we have discussed many times, but I'm going to give you what Cersei says here. House Reign was a powerful family, very wealthy, the second wealthiest in Westeros. Aren't the Tyrells the second wealthiest family in Westeros now? Of course, ambitious climbers don't want to stop on the second highest rung. If only you could take that final step, you'd see further than all the rest. You'd be alone with nothing but blue sky above you. So Lord Rain built a castle, as grand as Casterly Rock. He gave his wife diamonds, larger than any my mother ever wore. And finally one day, he rebelled against my father. Do you know where House Rain is now? Gone. A gentle word. She means gone is a gentle word. Why not say slaughtered? Every man, woman, and child put to the sword. A little bit later on, she says, if you ever call me sister again, I'll have you strangled in your sleep. So, didn't really work, Marjorie's yeah, attempt wh- here. Yeah, I don't know what Marjorie exactly was trying to do, though. I think she's trying to push her to the edge. Okay. She knew that wasn't going to work. Okay. And she knows everything she does rubs Cersei the wrong way. At this point, I think her only real move, Marjorie, is to continue to try to piss her off as much as possible so that she'll make mistakes. Okay, gotcha, okay, yeah. 
Yeah. That being said, I don't think she anticipated the conversation <laughs> ending with the threat of her being strangled in her sleep, which yeah. should be terrifying should considering be, yeah. this woman runs the yes. city. Yeah. Uh, the only person that I would say has more power and influence in King's Landing than her is obviously her dad, Tywin. So, yeah, you don't want to piss these people off. We, we Everybody knows what they're capable of. Her son is a psychotic king. Aye. Yeah. After that, the wedding begins. Sansa and Tyrion's wedding begins. And fucking Joffrey, the evil little shit that he is, pops up to walk Sansa down the aisle to give her away to her husband, quote, as the father of the realm. Yeah, just one, I mean, just one final affront, you know, except for that it's not even the, it's not even the last game. Yeah, he gets another one in. We'll we'll take. He's the the damn devil. Uh, When they get to the altar, Joffrey takes the time to remove Tyrion's stool so that he can't even cloak the bride and bring her under his protection because he can't reach because he's a little person. Just, just cruel, nonstop cruelty left and right from this dude. Yeah, that's fu- that was fudged up. And uh, one thing, one note I made here that this this whole episode, I totally forget that at some point these two were married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because in the grand scheme of the story, it really doesn't matter all that much. I no. mean, the one way that it does end up kind of being important is that it causes Cersei to blame both of them for the death of Joffrey later on. Right, right. But other than that, it's kind of just this weird aside uh, that happens. And uh, yeah. it's happening in this episode, shockingly. I did not see that coming. In Dragonstone, Melisandre visits Gendry in his chambers. She pours him some wine, which he's hesitant to take. Until she says, you think I'm trying to poison you and drink some herself, which, as we know, doesn't mean shit because we've seen her drink poison wine before and be totally fine while the other person who drank it bled out of their nose and died right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seduces Gendry, Gendry. He says, I don't understand. This doesn't seem very religious. <laughs> she says, Melisandre's response is, according to who? The silent sisters with their stern looks, muzzled mouths, and dried up cunts? She's a dirty girl, (laughs) Melisandre. She drops her robe. She gets butt-assed, except for her necklace, Ah. which she is wearing. Uh, She throws Gendry down on the bed, which is very clearly a Lisa mattress. And he's pleased with the comfort level, you can tell immediately. Before his hands get bound, he's really enjoying himself because he's more comfortable than he's ever been. He's got a hot older woman riding him. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is the experience that every night of sleep on a Lisa mattress will make you feel like. I think he's enjoying the Lisa mattress more than he is the um, the sex, the intercourse, <laughs> <laughs> the inter- <laughs> the sexual intercourse. <laughs> Listen, if you go to lisa.com, l-e-e-s-a dot com slash dragon, dragon right now, you can be as comfortable as Gendry is in this scene pre being tied up. You get one hundred and twenty five dollars off your Lisa mattress plus a free pillow, a Lisa pillow of seventy five dollar value. It's fa- they're both the mattress and the pillow are incredibly comfortable. Barrett and I both sleep on them. We've told you time and time again, this is no fucking joke. We're trying to hook you up with a better night's sleep here. I did sheets last night, and everybody loves to put hot, fresh, warm sheets on mm-hmm. the bed and then go to sleep. Yeah. And that like that level 10 moment right there, it's just like a 12 on a Lisa mattress. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, that promo code Dragon will Dragon. also get you $200 off a Sapira mattress, which is also made by Lisa, and you can also find it from going to lisa.com slash dragon. Dragon. The Sapira combines the memory foam technology with the spring technology that you're probably familiar with if you've owned a mattress at any point in your life. And this is the one that Barrett and I have specifically, the Sapira. And it is just 
A++++. Mm. Highly recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. So if you're willing to spend a few extra bucks, but get $200 off by using Dragon, go this, go with the Sapira. Take my word for it. You got to, I mean, you got to spend money to make money. You do. That's what they say. Yeah. Littlefinger knows that more than anybody. Mm-hmm. You try the mattress out in your home for 100 nights risk-free with free shipping always. So if you end up deciding for whatever reason, maybe you're a psychopath and this isn't <laughs> the thing for you, you don't like being comfortable at night, uh, then you, you can just send it back. No harm, no foul. So why not at least, you trust us, right? So give it a try. Also, as we mentioned, they're continuing to expand their offerings. So they've got the Lisa pillow, blanket, sheets, the foundation, the frame. You can get everything you need for a brand new bed for a fantastic night's sleep. Right there on lisa.com slash dragon. This is the best stuff you can get. Do yourself a favor and get it. Melisandre puts Gendry inside of her and says, Let me show you what you have inside you. Come fight death with me. Which has to be the weirdest like initiation sex of sex line ever. I'm, I might just steal it though. I would love... Uh, the, take it, I mean, talk about taking it to the next level. Come fight death Come with fight me. Come fight death with me. That'll 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 rock somebody's world. Yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> that'll get you hard. Yeah. I'll, I'm down for that. Uh, she ties Gendry up. Then after she gives him, she gives him, I'd say, 15 seconds of mm-hmm. of regular mm-hmm. good sex, yeah. and then she's yeah. like, and now it's time for the real deal. She ties his hands, binds his feet, and puts leeches on him to draw his blood. Which this part, I am not down for. Uh, she even puts one on his dick. Yeah. Okay. This is this is obviously like a shitty situation, but it's just leeches. Yeah, but I think he's just he's kind of freaked out here. He got ten seconds of sex followed by leeches. It's it's okay, but he's all like screaming in agony and stuff, and it's like, dude, one of them's on his ding dong. That's not cool. Yeah, but okay, we got Theon having fingers flayed and his body parts chopped off. He doesn't know that. Give Gendry a break. And Gendry's all like. Just, you know, he is going, screaming like going a ape. He is, he's not doing himself any favors in terms of making himself look manly. And I'm, it turns out... I'm just saying, for all the torture that we know can happen in Westeros, this is like pretty tame stuff here. Fair enough. That's, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't want to leech on my dingus either, but, you know. Better than the getting your dingus chopped exactly. off. <laughs> Melisandre says, you can blame Sir Davos. He didn't believe in the power of King's blood. He wanted a demonstration. And then Davos and Stannis come into the room, which is even more awkward... Gendry's just laying there with mm-hmm. a leech yeah. literally sucking his penis. <laughs> and uh, so they come in to watch the demonstration. Melisandre takes off the leeches and gives them to Stannis. One by one, he throws them in the fire, saying, The usurper Rob Stark. The usurper. The usurper Balon Greyjoy. The usurper. The usurper Joffrey Baratheon. He says usurper, really. Usurper. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not a happy man. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, all of these people die. But is that even really saying much? Is it here's here's the point. Is it coincidence? Or do you think this moment here of with the leeches and, and Melisandre magic doomed all these people that, that he names? I mean I think it's coincidence. Because he dies too. Well yeah, my note was well everyone dies. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> it's kinda like a it's it, it, it it's it feels more of like a cold read, you know? Yeah. Like like, bec- like a you know how like the men- mentalist does that that type of mentalist do yeah, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, They're like, like it's it's an educated guess. Well, these people are all usurpers fighting over a throne. Yeah, their odds of death are high. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we we don't find out in this episode, and I don't recall. Is this does this save Gendry's life? No. Okay. Because Davos, 
at the very least has delayed just his immediate right. you know sacrifice yeah. for the purposes of the the red god yes. but i guess this demonstration if it, if nothing else bought him some time yeah back in king's landing tyrion and sansa's wedding festivities continue and surprise tyrion is three sheets to the wind great tyrion wine face He's here pounding wine <laughs> Filling his glass up to the tippy tip top, which is it's like the most famous of the Tyrion photos and memes. Right, right. And I absolutely love it. We've probably used it, I don't know, fifty yeah. times over the <laughs> over the years we've done the show. I just like to put it on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. Uh, Olena Tyrell says Dolores. So their son will be your nephew after your wed to Cersei, of course, and you will be the king's stepfather and brother-in-law. <laughs> then he, she turns to Marjorie. When you marry the king, Joffrey's mother will become his sister-in-law, and your son will be Loras's nephew? Grandson? I'm not sure. But your brother will become your father-in-law. That much is beyond dispute. <laughs> She's just mocking her own kids. Yeah, well, her trying to figure out the family dynamics here, just like, you know, obviously needling them on purpose is pretty hilarious. It's very amusing to her, yeah. and Loras is very upset by it. He's yeah. like, fuck you, mom, and like walks off. Or grandma. Uh, Tyrion, by this point, blackout drunk, wiping his face on the tablecloth and shit. He's an absolute mess. Shay is just staring him down from across the room. It's pretty much worst case scenario as far as like relationships, dating, and <laughs> marriage go. Uh, he gets chastised by Tywin for being as drunk as he is. He's like, dude, you're going to have to perform. The whole point of this is to get this chick pregnant. You're yep, too drunk. Yep. You're not going to be able to get it up is essentially what he's saying. That is what he's, say- that is what he's saying, yes. And Tyrion says, uh, uh, I am the god of tits and wine. Mm. I shall build a shrine to myself at the next brothel I visit. <laughs> and that's about the last straw for Tywin. It, it, all in all, all things considered, probably the most awkward wedding ever. Tyrion raises a glass to Loris, like, almost to be like he sees him across the room in the distance or on the balcony or whatever and like raises his wine glass to him yeah to yeah. kind of be like hey we're both fucked together yeah this is this is this scene was basically modeled straight a- after the scene in billy madison where adams <laughs> is eating soup at the family dinner table <laughs> it's good soup and continues to make gibberish talk towards uh towards eric <laughs> eat your soup billy it's good, it's good soup, soup. It's Gilioda. <laughs> yeah, he's just yelling out shit. <laughs> and finally, you know, his dad like bangs on the table. Yes. That's what Tyrion. That's what Tywin does. Billy, God get the hell out of here! <laughs> I've seen that movie way too many times. Um, Le- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh God. Okay, so Loras approaches Cersei to try and talk to her. He says, "Well, my father once told me," and she immediately cuts him off. Nobody cares what your father once told you. So they're obviously going to be very happy together. Oh, yes, I mean, it goes yes. without saying. The chemistry is just, you could you could cut that thing with a knife. As Sansa makes her way back to the table, Joffrey sneaks up on her in a hallway. And he says, I suppose it doesn't really matter which Lannister puts the baby into you. Maybe I'll pay you a visit tonight after my uncle passes out. How would you like that? How nice of him. You wouldn't? That's all right. Sir Marin and Sir, Sir Boris will hold you down. So... Remember when Littlefinger told Sansa, like, look, you're not off the hook here. This kid will still find plenty of purpose, plenty of reasons to make your life a living hell. He was spot on. Mm -hmm. He called this completely. And uh, Joffrey then tries to commence the betting ceremony. The betting (laughs) ceremony, depending on which cultural 
which culture you're dealing with, whether it be in, in the world of Game of Thrones or in the in just medieval times in general, generally is where the crowd like carries you know the bride and groom mm-hmm. off to their bed. Sometimes people are in the room to to take part in it, not well, physically, but by being there and witnessing it. Okay. In other cultures, they stay outside the door and listen or whatever. Uh, Tyrion is very, very pissed off that Joffrey is attempting to commence this whole betting ceremony thing. He slams a knife into the table and says that he's gonna you'll be fucking your own bride with a wooden cock. It's a pretty intense scene here. Yeah, hit drunk, angry Tyrion acting is spot on. Very yeah. good. And then the little this I mean the showdown that we get with Joffrey and Tyrion here, where he's just like, What did you say? It's like the fifteenth time he's openly disrespected <laughs> the king and had very little punishment, other than the fact that Joffrey, of course, did try to have him killed on the battlefield, right. so he has some scars right. as a result. But yeah, I mean, it, it is tense, man. The whole wedding is as tense as it could possibly be. Tyrion wasted as hell, eventually gets up to escort Sansa back to their room and decides to say, I vomited on a girl once in the middle of the act. Not proud of it, but I think honesty is important between a man and wife. Don't you agree? I feel I think he's putting on a show here, though, to to show how how wasted he is, so yes. that he can escape with his life. After yes, his absolutely threatening the king. Yeah, he says, "Come, I'll tell you all about it. Put you in the mood." Um, at this Put point, I was like, "You know what? I think this is the drunkest we ever see Tyrion." Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And it led me to ask, like, why? Why does he get as, as drunk as he is? And you know, he knows how fucked up the wedding is. He knows how fucked the relationship with his real love, Shay, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the world in general around him is in pretty bad shape. So he's just drinking his sorrows away. And on top of that, I do believe that, at least in the, in the presence of others, he's overplaying how drunk he is. He's not as drunk as he actually appears to be. Although yeah. we do see when they get back uh, to the yeah, room, he's, yeah, he's, he's wasted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's just, he was, he was... He knows to play it up, though, too. Right, exactly. Uh, he at one point in a very funny part, he looks at Sansa and says, "Astoundingly long," and she says, "What?" <laughs> and he says, "Neck, neck, you have one," which reminds me of another scene from Billy Madison where he's laying face down, wasted on the floor. Someone walks by him and he grabs the leg and says, "Leg, leg." <laughs> uh, Tyrion asks, "How old are you exactly?" Sansa says, "Fourteen." And he says, "Well, talk won't make you any older." 14, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a tough sitch. God, he says, My lord father has commanded me to consummate this marriage. Sansa walks over to the wine and pours it at that moment. She then goes towards the bed and begins to undress. And Tyrion is kind of like, uh, you can tell he's like surprised and probably a little turned on and definitely conflicted. Very conflicted, I would say, yes. But then finally he says, stop, I can't, I could, I won't. If my father wants someone to get fucked, I know where he can start. Great line. He says, I won't share your bed, not until you want me to. She says, what if I never want you to? And he says, and so my watch begins. I feel like that's, I feel like even though he's taking the high road and being super chivalrous and like, and all that, that still probably is hurtful for him. It, it, on some level, it has to be as, like, a, as a man like, to know that this woman doesn't even want you. Yeah, because basically she's like, no matter how nice you are and how good of a husband you would be, I'm never going to want to see I could never be sexually attracted yeah. to you, ever. Yeah. Which is hurtful. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to hear that. Yeah. I mean, and she's a beautiful young right. girl, regardless exactly. of the fact that yes. she's 14. Yep. And then he uh, passes out onto a chair, 
and the closed captioning it just says thuds, <laughs> which I loved. We've all been there. Back outside, Young Kai in Danny's camp, Dario Nahara sneaks through dressed as an unsullied. This was extremely easy. Did he kill an unsullied? I, I had that same question. To get this gear, or did he just pick up, like, one went to take a shower and he scooped his clothing? Probably that. Maybe the second sons, like, have some unsullied gear laying around. I don't know. Yeah, it just, it made me kind of sad. I was like, aw, he didn't I, kill I, one, did I, he? That's, I, that exact thought crossed my mind, too. I'm going to say he didn't kill one just because... Just for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody can tell us otherwise. We don't see him kill one, so no. therefore he did not do it. No. Uh, Masande is bathing Danny and talking about all the languages she can speak. Just kind of, they're, you know, Danny's very impressed by the fact that Masande speaks 15 languages or whatever. Then she kind of accidentally tells Danny that her Dothraki isn't exactly fluent. <laughs> like she's not as good as she thinks she is. And Danny's insulted by that. But it's funny. Then in sneaks Dario. He takes Masande and puts a knife to her neck, uh, dumps this bag out that has the heads of the other captains yep. of the Second Sons. He says that they had philosophical differences. Danny asks over what, and he says, your beauty. It meant more to them than it did to me. So he, his whole deal here is his allegiance to her, that he, this new allegiance that he declares right here, is all based on her beauty. Her great beauty. Yeah. He fights for beauty. Which is all good and gravy. It's just interesting. We've never met anyone on the show who that's their entire, you know, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny that's gets, true. That's true. He even says he fights for beauty. Yeah. And he, I guess he wasn't joking. I just thought he was like making some type of like weird metaphor. Like, oh, like life is beauty. Like, like blah, blah, blah. some romantic type of yeah, jet, like yeah, yeah, ideology. But, but, no, but you're right. Then he comes in and he's basically like... I love you because I've met you four hours ago and you're super hot. Yeah. <laughs> so and I'll you, fight for you. And you look so good naked. Yeah, yeah. Except for uh, that's such a power move if you ever find yourself in this situation where a girl is just like, you know, is basically like daring you to look at her and you just maintain eye contact. You Don't just break. Keep your, you keep yourself locked on those eyes. You do not look down at that hot naked bod that you so badly want to want to. Yeah, you, you just gotta, you, you lock, try to you lock get as, eyes. You try to soak in as much of the body as you can from your peripheral from vision, but you from have to perifs. maintain the eye contact. Yeah, yeah. And then ju- here's what you got to know as a man in this situation, which w- is what Dario knows. If you can maintain the eye contact and handle this situation appropriately, you're gonna get to see that body again later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's what you got to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. So she gets out of the bathtub, butt ass, and shows Dario the goods. Which <laughs> power move on her part too? It's also a power move on her part. Yeah. Yes, very much for so. the ladies. Just you know, show them what you're working with like as what? as like a strong power move. Like like what's up, dude? What are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, make a move yeah. or like you know. Like I'm just I'm just in the bath having a bath. This is my me time. You came into my spot, so I'm just gonna keep going about my business. Look at this body, baby. Yeah, yeah. Drink it in. I work hard for this thing. That's what she says. Drink it in. Drink it in. <laughs> with that voice, with a deep voice. Uh, Dario says the second sons are yours, and so is Dario Naharis. Talking in the third person. Another power move. My sword is yours. My life is yours. My heart is yours. So as you said, it's like a little funny because he met her like six hours ago. But this dude's in love with her. He's all in on the Dragon Queen. He's, he's, and I don't, I, you know, who could blame him? Mm. So, there you have it. Over in King's Landing, Shay comes in the morning after uh, Sansa and Tyrion's first night as a married couple. And she's, you know, she's on a mission here. She basically yes. comes in, she pulls a <laughs> pillow out from Tyrion's head. Then she goes straight to the bed to, to clean the sheets. 
expecting to find the blood of uh you know her losing her virginity mm. and that's oh that's right that's yeah right. she finds no I just thought was she, maybe she was looking for some C or something nah okay it's specifically yeah that's, I mean that's right because she knows that that sadly that Sansa's I, a virgin I went yeah, through that right. thought process too I was like well because even if there wasn't blood she could find you know you right. could tell if there had been like yeah, crazy yeah. wedding sex had all over this over this bed but I, uh, I agree regardless she finds no blood in the bed. Uh, and she she takes the sheets to clean them, and she kind of smiles. She's pleased with this. Mm. Finally, this is the first thing in like three episodes that's made her happy. Yeah, T Man finally catches a break. For, yeah, seriously. We bounce north of the wall with Sam and Gilly. They find like this little wooden hut to chill out in. They're they're they again. Remember, they fled from Craster's Keep, mm-hmm. and they're on the road back to the wall. I believe, right? Yes. Because Crasher's Keep is north of the wall, so okay. they have to go south and get to the wall to, to do anything else. <coughs> Excuse me. A raven lands on this tree right by the hut they've chosen, and it appears to be one of these special sightseeing trees. It's got a face on it. A were tree? Isn't that what they're called? Yeah, Something like that? A werewood, right? Werewood, I think. Yeah. It has a right. face on it. They show the face multiple times. Uh, Sam then attempts to build a fire and he fails again as we've made fun of him for before. This guy, this is not his skill set. Gilly says to come under the fur and they'll keep each other warm. Mm, that's hot. Uh, Gilly accuses Sam of talking fancy on purpose sometimes to confuse her, mm. which was funny. He's like, no, this is just how I talk. Uh, it's not. I mean, it is how he talks, sort of, but he also likes impressing her, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. Then Gilly's like, I'll build that fire and she crushes it. To which I made a note, time's up. <laughs> time's up. Yeah. Time's up. Gilly is uh, pushing the females in Westeros forward here. They talk about what to name Gilly's baby. Lots of options are thrown out. Mormont at one point is discussed. Sam is like, that's a last name. Well, Sam's ori- orig- original list of uh, boys' names is pretty hysterical here. They're awful examples. <laughs> it's like truly terrible. Tristopher. Uh, this is the only one that I remember, but they're all just terrible, terrible. Just, just not options, yeah. Sam. Those <laughs> yes. are not options at all. Uh, at one point, her, her, his dad's name is thrown in the ring, and he's like, please no. Yep. For the love of God. Well, she likes it. She says, Randall's a handsome name. Yeah. And uh, she mentions Craster at one point, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, that, I don't know what she's well, thinking. Well, she doesn't there. know. That's like the only I, man's I know, name I know. she knows. Yeah, that's true. Suddenly... In the middle of them talking about this, all these birds outside start going nuts. Sam's like, what the shit? And he goes out there, and these ravens or crows or whatever they are are all lined up on the werewood like a scene out of the movie Birds. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there must be a hundred birds in this tree. It's creepy as shit. Quote the raven, nevermore. Exactly. <laughs> and Sam sends Gilly inside. He's like, get back inside. And then we hear some chittering. More chittering. They like to chitter in the woods. That's what I've decided. The chittering eventually goes away, but they're still chittering at this point. There's no chittering in season seven, let me put it that way. I don't know. I didn't watch... Did you watch season seven with subtitles? I'm almost positive the chittering dies out. Because it's, it's too but weird. We, okay, it's it's alien We don't see them in the woods, though, in, in the later seasons. So you, that's think, the you think it's only a woods activity? I think in the dead of night, when they're just creeping through the woods, they, they, that's, they chitter. That's when they tend to chitter. That's when they tend to chitter. Okay, yeah. maybe you're right. Well, <laughs> hey... If there's more chittering in season eight, maybe, I'll gladly admit to my may, faults. Yeah, maybe so. I yeah. don't know. Hey, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'm rooting for chittering <laughs> to make a big comeback. I'm a big fan of the chittering. Uh, right when this chittering begins, the birds all simultaneously stop squawking, which mm-hmm. is equally creepy. And then, you know, this white walker comes walking through the woods, not in any hurry, 
He's alone. He's not wearing a shirt. He's got no armor on. Uh, Gilly yells out, it's come for the baby. It's come for the baby. Maybe and you're the like, dingo oh. ate your baby. Yeah. God, we're just dropping so many references This today. is a new record. <laughs> this is a new record. Definitely a new record for pop culture references. We demand to get the reviews on iTunes that we deserve as a result of this episode. Yeah. Uh, Sam pulls out his sword and, and swings it at this guy. Well, so, actually, no, he doesn't. He's just standing there holding it out. And the White Walker grabs it and it fucking shatters, which is a problem. Yeah. Then he just throws Sam out of the way. It's like, we've discussed stuff like this before. Like, why do they sometimes leave people alive? And I think it's to make a point. And here he just chunks Sam. He's like, this guy poses zero threat to me or right. our movement as a whole. Exactly, yeah. I'm just coming to get the baby. Screw this fat guy. <laughs> I'm just going to chunk him yeah. out of the way yeah. with my superhuman White Walker strength. Little does he know, Sam is armed with a dragonglass dragger, dagger. He jumps on this dude from behind. Well, they behind. call it Dragonglass Daggers Draggers. So Draggers, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Draggers for short. For short yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> Glad you have my back. Uh, jumps on him from behind, stabs him. Weirdly, I, like, look, I get that it's Sam, and he's not the combat veteran that, that John is, but he stabs him, like, in the shoulder. If you've got a clean shot on someone that's threatening your family that you're going to need to plant a knife in, folks, go for the neck at the very <laughs> least, or the head. Don't do the shoulder. Fortunately for Sam, this knife is this whole dragon glass situation with the dragger. It's it's a magical situation, so this guy's gonna die no matter what. Mm. But I'm just saying, the aim is important. The shoulder, if this had been a normal knife on a human, wouldn't have done much. Would have slowed him down a little. But you want to get a kill shot in here, right? 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 So the guy, the White Walker, freezes. And then he shatters into a million pieces and blows away with the wind, which is cool as shit. Yeah. yeah, this whole scene, like I was watching it, and this one would be sweet in a movie, or at least watching in a movie theater, because everything about the scene, it's like they just, it's like they stole all the sound bits from from Transformers or something. Yeah, starting from when he grabs the sword. No, you're and it, spot like, on. Busts. Yeah, and then when even when he after he gets stabbed with the dragger. And then, then like hits the ground. It's like this massive thud, and you can hear like the crystals, the, the ice crystals rattling yeah, the, around. The weight to all this, yes, is like, is like yeah, yeah. So it's it's all it's a it's a cool scene. Shout like, out to whoever does the sound effects for the yes, show. Sound they editing, crushed, sound mixing, the sound editing you know? on this was very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode ends with Sam and Gilly sprinting away from this hut, and the hundreds of birds flying like right behind them. Yeah. And it was a good one. It was another good one. Um. I put this one somewhere in the middle for the for this season so far. Uh, this might actually be my least favorite episode of this season, personally. It would you could probably easily convince me to agree with you there. Yeah, it it just it I I don't know it it just felt a little boring. Some important pieces come into play, but all in all, the least action we've gotten so far. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also just didn't really. Like, the wedding between Tyrion and Sansa didn't feel as important as it should have. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You're it right. just kind of happened all of a sudden, yeah. which maybe was intentional. I don't know. Yeah. that's Yeah, I agree. Either way, we will be back next Monday to talk about the ninth episode of season three, which I don't have to remind you yeah. is the penultimate, episode, the penultimate of three. episode of season three. It is titled The Reigns of Castamere, written by Benioff and Weiss and directed by David Nutter. So that's going to be heavy. Yep. Next Monday is going to get heavy. Fortunately, 
Between now and then, as we said at the beginning of the episode and promised last week, we will be back tomorrow on Tuesday, March 27th, for a hotline call only episode. So we'll knock out a ton of questions, theories, etc. Everything on the hotline. Again, 866-43-CLAMS is the number. We'll do in that episode tomorrow. Uh, so there'll be a little bit of, you know, I, I just some emotional... Before the shit hits the fan next week, we've, we're going to have some fun together. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So at least we got that to look forward to. Who wants to have some fun? I don't even know what pop culture reference <laughs> that is at this point. That's how good we That's are. That's another Seinfeld. Oh, okay. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams and Cockles. I'm Ross Bolin. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at WR Bolin. Barrett, where can you be followed? Hit me up on that uh, Instagram, at Barrett Dudley. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Barrett Dudley. Wow. Neat. Listen, we'd really appreciate it, especially after all the pop culture we just exploded all over the place today. If you would go on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and write a quick review about the show. If you want to reference Wilder Valderrama, Wilmer Valderrama and the Cash Monies. Monies. By the way, did you see who Wilmer pulled his new girlfriend? Who's his new girlfriend? Go look it up. I'll look, I'll look it up real quick while we talk. Is she is she a Vine star? No. Oh, okay. She's a Demi Lovato. Oh, are they still dating? I didn't know they were before. But they're dating now, and I didn't realize oh. he, had, he had pulled that. I'm not that into Demi Lovato. Really? Yeah. Oh, former girlfriend. Uh, maybe they're not together anymore. Now I'm just giving out false Wilmer Valderrama information. We need to get out of here before I do anything worse. Uh, yeah, but seriously, give us a review on iTunes. We would very, very much appreciate it. That's how more people that love Game of Thrones can find our show and join the Clam Fam and enjoy all of this with all of us. You can also go to grandexshop.com slash OCC for Oysters, Clams, and Cockles shirts, Game of Thrones-themed T-shirts to support this podcast. Again, go to manoutfitters.com. Use that code SUMAI. Invoke it. Invoke the shit out of it at checkout to get 15% off your whole order of over $150 or more. Check out the Ross Bolin podcast if you haven't already. That's my personal show where I talk about anything and everything that I want. It's available on iTunes. We're going to have three new episodes coming out this week. The Ross Bolin podcast. Check that out. Barrett, you got anything else you want to discuss or plug? Uh, No. We're good then. We'll be back tomorrow and then again next Monday. Tomorrow, all hotline calls. Next Monday, the reigns of Castamere. We can all cry together. Peace. <laughs>